0: Somehow they can get out of a sermon, I guess. huh? Because uh, I, sometimes as a pastor, you, you kind of get this feeling, oh, here I am up here again, another sermon. No doubt you've thought the same, <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, I guess a little bit today, just a little something different, rather than uh, the proverbial sermon, I would like to tell you a story or talk to you about a story It's a real life historical event. Since it's a historical event, you weren't actually there at the event or saw the story or experienced it. So I would like to share with you the story and I would like to share with you how it does affect you and influence you. So game. All right, good. Here we go. 66 AD. All right. So little, little ways after Jesus, um, 30, 40 years after Jesus died on the cross. 66 AD, the Roman general, Celsius Gallus, has his Roman armies and he is approaching Israel and all of the Jewish people of Israel have revolted and revolted end upon end without any, so it's time to go in and just take care of this and put them down once and for all. And if you think about this, this is something that's pretty exciting, right? Roman armies pushing the borders out, making sure all the lands. I mean, there's movie after movie about this kind of stuff, remember? So as I tell this story, I know I'm maybe not the greatest storyteller, but just think of it as a movie, okay? Blood, guts, drama, right? Romance too, it's in there. So Celsus is on his way. 66 A.D., He has come. The people of Israel are in fear. You know how these things go. What's going to happen? Well, at the very least, we're going to get taxed more. Some of our freedoms are going to get taken away. This is just not good at all. After a certain amount of time, though, General Gallus withdraws the entire army. Good. However... In 70 A.D., only four years later, actually it was about three years later, it took him about a year, but another general, his name was Titus, he would then become the eventual emperor after all of this, General Titus brought the Roman legions back, and this time he completed the job, reconquered, if you will, the land of Israel, put them down Surrounded Jerusalem, laid siege to it for over a year, starved the Jewish people, and eventually burned the entire city of Jerusalem. Took all of the things that were in the temple, the gold, all of the holy artifacts of the temple, took it all back to Rome. You can see the frescoes and the steles of the story of how Titus went and conquered and put Jerusalem down and brought all of its more magnificent temple artifacts back to Rome. Enters Rome as the conquering general on the white steed. Big parade in the city of Rome. General Titus then becomes the emperor of the Roman Empire. You can see pictures, carvings, all of this that, all, all this that happened great movie. Someone should make it a movie, right? So he laid siege to Jerusalem and it was bad. Josephus is a historian who tells us about all of the details of that. I'll just give you one. Mothers would boil their children for something to eat. It was that bad. Plenty more details, but I'll spare you. All right. Now, what I would like to do is just to give you that thumbnail version of the story that happened. And I want to show you how Jesus predicted all of that happening. And he told the people how you can be saved from all of this. <laughs> if you want to turn in your Bible to Matthew 24, that's where we get the story. It is amazing. And I hope that you'll tune into this because it's a long ways away. And it was a long time ago, but it's still hold sway with you and I today and our world today. For instance, when Titus conquered the land, he killed many of the Jews. Many of the Jews were exiled back out of that land into other lands so that they wouldn't revolt anymore. And, just to put some icing on that cake or some ice cream on that apple pie, (laughs) he renamed the area of Israel after its worst enemy. All right. So this would be like America being renamed Russia. or Okay. That's just an example. I don't know if Russia is our worst enemy right now. But this. You get the idea. So he renamed. Israel. Philistine. Except for there's no PH sound in the Latin alphabet. So it became Palestine. Which is still named today. And as you can imagine, as you already know, the Israelite people, the Jewish people that have gone back to resettle what was then Israel, do not like the Palestinians, do not like the fact that it's called Palestine, and it's just not a very good place today, is it? So, the events that we've just talked about still hold sway today, and now, how do they hold sway to you? Matthew 24. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to the buildings. You see all these things? He asked. Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Okay, so this is me. I like tall buildings. I like taking zip trips over to Chicago because the skyscrapers exhilarate me. It's neat. I want to go to Dubai, see that big tall one, right? Maybe jump off. I don't know. Probably not. But the buildings exhilarate me. I love to see really cool, large, majestic architecture. It's just the same thing the disciples are saying here Jesus, aren't these buildings, you know, the overlaid with gold and the jewelry that's within and all of the intricate carvings? Wow, Jesus, isn't it awesome? And it was. remember King Herod, the Bethlehem, slayed all the children in Bethlehem two years, that King Herod, he has long died, remember, this is Jesus, Jesus says all of these things two days before he's going to die, by the way, he knows he's going to die in two days, how come he didn't tell us all this stuff before this, Jesus, well, your last words are the ones with the most impact, right, and you guys brought it up, you brought up how great the buildings were, so I just thought I would tell you and hopefully save you. But it was that King Herod that spent 44 years reconstructing all of that temple, all of the grounds in the temple itself. 44 years, and now we're 30 years removed from him being completed with that. Herod taxed the people, and some of that money to make the people happy went to making that temple look beautiful, redoing it, reconstructing it, massive stones beautiful stones. And the disciples, ah, isn't it awesome? When you are on the Mount of Olives, you look across the Kidron Valley and you could see that temple right there. Oh man, isn't it awesome? It was. It's clear off in the corner of the Roman empire, but all of the Roman empire knew of the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. Massive building, beautiful building. And this is what the disciples are saying. Oh, Jesus, Every year when we come to Jerusalem for the Passover, I just just take it in. Oh, isn't it awesome, Jesus? And Jesus says, you see all that there? Not one beautiful, massive stone will be sitting on another. Time out, Jesus. How come you haven't told us this before? Well, you didn't ask. (laughs) Not one stone will be left on another. you got to be kidding me, Jesus. This is our way of life. you got to be kidding me, Jesus. We put a lot of work into this, a lot of tax money. This is beautiful. Who would ever destroy? How? When? What? You see all this? Not one stone will be left on another. Verse 3, as Jesus was sitting on that Mount of Olives, and they're probably looking across, seeing it all, taking it all in, the disciples came to him privately. They said when will this happen What will be the signs of this happening And the end of the age You got to tell us what's going on Jesus First of all Let's just notice that the disciples They just know that Jesus knows the future They just know that It's not a surprise to them You and I get all enamored about an Astrodamus, or someone who can look at the lines in our hands or our horoscopes. We're all enamored with that. With Jesus, they just know. He knows the future. When, what, what should we look for? What should we do to prepare? So Jesus goes on and he says, watch out. That no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I'm the Messiah, and they'll deceive many. You'll hear of wars, rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. We do this, don't we? All the drama of the world, all of the politics, all of the uprisings. (gasps) Jesus says, Relax, skip the drama, take a breath, don't be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, don't be alarmed. Kingdom against kingdom, there'll be famines and earthquakes in various places. Calmly realize you're in God's hands. All these are the beginning of birth pains. So Jesus is just saying, don't be alarmed at all of those things. They always happen. They've been happening since the beginning of time. Don't be alarmed. Then you'll be handed over and be persecuted and put to death. You'll be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith. They'll betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. It's not going to be a good time or a good place. But you got me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. No matter what happens, no matter which way the winds blow, no matter how possibly scared you could get for your life, stand firm. You got me. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Then the end will come. Jesus is talking about the delay of this wrath until the gospel has gone out to the nations at that time. So, this is where he starts. When you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation... Spoken of through the prophet Daniel. I'll explain that in just a minute. Let the reader understand. That's you. And that's the people who would be reading this when the time would come. Let the reader understand. Four very important words. They are unique because of this. They are not what Jesus said. In my Bible, I'm reading right now red words, right? That means Jesus said it, right? Those are the good words, right? Jesus didn't say that. That was added by Matthew, by Luke, and by Mark when they wrote that. So those are just neat words. Mark is saying, Matthew is saying, might want to jot this one down. Might want to take note of this one. Your life depends on it. When you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, let the reader understand then, and then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. This is a direct description of what you are to do when you see. Pretty important. Those who are in Judea, that's the nation of Israel, those the ones that are in Jerusalem, get out of there. Get to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of his house. Okay, probably not literal, but Jesus is just trying to explain how important this is. If you're on your roof and you see it, don't waste time packing up all your stuff. Get out of there. The next one he says, let no one who is in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress. Unequated from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. All right. So when is this going to happen, Jesus? And assumed in the question is, what do we do about it when it happens? And Jesus says, keep your wits about you. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. There's going to be someone who deceives. There's going to be a person who claims to be the Messiah. There'll be earthquakes. There'll be all of this. That's just the beginning of birth pains. It's not time yet. It's time when you see the armies approaching. When you see the armies approaching, get out of there. So how do you know armies? Well, Over in Luke chapter 21, we have the same story of the destruction of Jerusalem. The same details, everything I just read to you, Luke writes basically the same thing. And then he writes this, when he comes to the abomination that causes desolation, he just simply writes, when you see the armies surrounding Jerusalem, get out. All right. So, Emperor Gallus comes in, surrounds the area. Uh Uh-oh. Then he withdraws inexplicably. Nobody's been able to explain that. And that was the time when all of the people who followed and listened to Jesus said, this is what he was talking about. This is what Mark and Matthew wrote about and told us to understand. They got out of there and they did. They headed for the mountains. Most of them went and lived in Petra. They got out of there. Now when Titus began to come back with the Roman Empire and the the, the legions, that's when all of the Jewish people said, "Uh uh-oh, here we go again. And they begin to retract and they go closer and closer from all of the villages. They get into the safety of the walled city of Jerusalem because that makes sense, right? We can't go up against the Roman army. We'll be safe in Jerusalem. Close the doors behind the wall. And they all died. And they all starved. And they were all miserable for over a year. But those who listened, they listened. They got out. Head for the hills. That's what they did. And so, Jerusalem is destroyed. The temple is burned. The inhabitants inside all died. Even some of those who were allowed to let live, they came out and a few of them in amongst the Roman army, the soldiers began to give them bread and they ate some of this bread and their stomach had been without food for so long that just eating bread killed them there right on, that spot, right on the spot. So it was troubled times and it all could have been avoided by listening to Jesus. All right, now here's what you need to know. All of this story happened because these people did not recognize the coming of the Son of God to them. And when he came 30 years previous, they rejected him. I'm gonna go back to Matthew real quick. Jesus says, now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as the twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near right at the door. Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. My words are what you should hold on to. So Jesus is saying to them, It's going to be about a generation and all this stuff's going to happen. Some people listening to my words here today, two days before my crucifixion, will still be alive when all of this happens. What if Jesus was here and gave America 40 years, give or take? What would you do? What would you think? Who could pull those stones down as massive as they are? Who could do all that? Who could bring America down as powerful as it is? It's pretty alarming. But yet in all of his words, he tells them exactly what to do to be saved. And it worked. So here's the first thing. It's pretty important what we do with Jesus. I know you're thinking, I got that one covered. I believe in Jesus. Good, got that one. (laughs) It's very important what we do with Jesus. It is also very important what your friends and what your coworkers and your children do with Jesus as well. If they reject, he's pretty serious about what he says there. He doesn't want to be wrathful at all. But God always seems to see to it that because of what Jesus did for you and me and our co-workers and all of humanity, God the Father sees to it that Jesus is constantly respected and honored. And when dishonored, there's just something gonna happen. God is just not ultimately gonna let us get away with that because of all his son did. He has to honor his son He has to protect, make sure he's revered. Now, God isn't like watching. God knows and understands that for us to honor and revere his son, it'll go better for us. So it's important what you and I do with Jesus, your coworkers as well. Secondly, it is important that you and I listen to what Jesus says. Here's maybe where I got you, huh? How well do you do that? Do you know that Jesus begged over and over and over, listen to me? When you go back and look at the Proverbs, you see Solomon telling his son, listen to me, son. I have wisdom here that'll help you with life. Just listen to me. Don't stray from this. Jesus told parables. This this, this parable of the, the sower goes out to sow seeds and it falls on fertile ground or weedy ground or rocky ground, or on the path. That was Jesus' way of telling us, are you listening to me? No, I mean really listening. Really listening. Gentlemen, your wives are begging for the same thing. I am listening, sweetie. No, I mean really listening. Jesus said it like this, I want you to have ears to hear. Not just ears that hear, ears that want to hear. Your life depends on it. When you see the armies, that's your chance. Get out of there. When you have the chance, get out of there. And those who listened to the words of Jesus did, and they were saved. And those who rejected, and those who were the lineage of those who rejected Jesus, they had their shot at the message. But those who didn't listen to the words of Jesus did what common sense would tell them to do to get into Jerusalem where it was safe. Common sense. Why do we want to go out into the hills? We don't have houses out there. That doesn't sound like a very good way to live. That's going to be hard. Well, you'll stay alive if you do. It's important that we listen to the words of Jesus. The Hebrew writer, writing to people who had become Christians out of the Jewish way of life, They'd become Christians, but it was becoming so hard for them to live that way. So the Hebrew writer writes to encourage them. He says in the first verse of chapter two, we must pay more careful attention to what we have heard. If we're doubting losing faith, let's get back to what we've heard. Let's get back to initially what totally converted us and totally convinced us. How come we've lost sight of that? Listening, heart listening, a listening attitude. It'll save your life. That's what Solomon said to his son in the Proverbs. That's what Jesus says to you and I, his sons and daughters. Listen to my words. My words will never pass away. Heaven and earth will. But if you listen to my words, they're the very life you need. In fact, they are life. And they mean your life. They are life and death, literally. The third thing, God is just, and you want Him that way. And sometimes the justice might be meted out to you, and that isn't always very fun. But what happens when people are unjust to you? You want the justice, don't you? Listen, friends, in 70 A.D. with the emperor Titus coming into the nation of Israel and to Jerusalem and doing what he did, with one fell swoop, God obliterated one of the world religions that you and I know about. The Jewish people no longer have a temple. They no longer have a priesthood. They no longer have sacrifices for sins. Their religion is nothing what God intention, initially set it up as with Moses. You can still see today as they stand praying on the wailing wall. Over that wall is where that temple was in 70 AD. But since 70 AD, it has never been there since, never will be there again. But they wail and they pray and wail for the days when it was because it's not the same anymore. Why? Because God is just And you're really not supposed to say these things, are you? It's not really politically correct, but it's factual history. You can read here in Matthew 24, Jesus calls this his coming. This is where he returns and meets out his wrath on these people because they rejected him. It's not very fun at all. But the shining part of the story is, if you just listen to me, I will save you. Just listen to me. Listen to me no matter how hard it gets. Yeah, there'll be earthquakes. Yeah, there'll be really fancy guys that are very, very charming and deceitful. Don't listen to them. Yeah, there'll be a lot of drama. Yeah, there'll be wickedness. You're gonna be wanting God to come and be just so bad you might fall for the wrong one that looks like God. Because Satan masquerades as one of those angels. I will tell you exactly what to look for. And I am, I am totally recognizable. If you just wait. If you just listen. With that fail, same fell swoop, God sent those, his disciples, what we would call Christianity, well on its way to overtaking the world. 70 AD, it's pretty night and day. It's pretty clear cut. And it all goes back to about 30 or 40 years before that when they put the man Jesus with the words of life on the cross of death. They didn't recognize him. He came to his own and they didn't recognize him. Will you... The Hebrew writer says, many of you who were convinced of Jesus, you're falling away because of how hard it is in life right now. That might be some of us. When you see armies approaching, everything about you says, get in where it's safe behind the walled city. That's what they all did. That was the policy. Get in where it's safe. Jesus says, no. No you need to defy common sense and listen to my words. Then and only then will you live and survive. When we get caught in the winds of society, we are going to go against Jesus. And he's just. The last thing, Jesus is intent on delivering you from the brokenness of this world. His word here is his love letter. All that we need to know for our ultimate deliverance. All we need to know for our ultimate hope. Listen to me and I will keep you alive. Listen to me and I will get you to heaven. Where there is no more Roman legions, there is no more death, dying, or tears listen to me it's about all I got it's a true story they haven't made a movie out of it yet they should it pretty much trounces one of the world religions so that they probably won't and it pretty much upholds one of the world religions that the media isn't too crazy about so, they for sure won't make a movie out of it. But it's true. And so are his words. Always, every time. Let's pray. God, your validity and reliability are without question. Why do we doubt? Lord, you're well aware of the experiences and the circumstances of this world and how hard it is. You sweat drops of blood yourself. In fact, it was the very night you said all these things. You sweat drops of blood that night. But yet you stayed strong, God. Through death. But ultimate life. Lord, help us to be comfortable with the circumstances of this world. Help us to stay calm in the trials that are presented to us. Reinforce within us the power and the truth of your words. God, let us counter common sense when it counters your words. Keep us in tune with you. Keep us in tune with your truth. God, we need your love, your grace, and your mercy for the times that we don't. We ask for it now, and we thank you for the fact that it is limitless. God, let us use that as the motivation to re-engage, to read every day your words, to breathe them in, to make them first nature, to overcome our fleshly nature. We need your help, God. We need your help. God, we know that narrow is the way that leads to life. It is not easy. It is not easy to obey and listen to your words fully. We need your help. We need the help of our brothers and sisters to urge us on We need to not, like the Hebrew writer says, give up meeting together. Let us meet together so that we can urge each other on and encourage each other. Lord, let us throw off the chains of sin that that enslave us. Lord, let us remember the stories of old, the histories of old. The pattern is there. The way that you deal with men and the earth, the patterns are there. Why do we not listen? Why do the nations rage? Why do they plot and scheme? Lord, you sit up in heaven when they do and you laugh. I pray, God, I pray that we can sit with you and laugh as well. That we don't need to reflect on our days, that we can just laugh. Because we know that we are steadfast in you. And you are remotely steadfast more than us. God, you are great. Great to us. And we appreciate so much that you are intent on delivering us. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Go and be well and listen to the loving words of your Savior.